apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of homeownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Annie Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Joel Tucker first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RJ. I am Steve Risser, along here with Justin Anafrio, and... We had another installment of the college football playoff rankings last night. Uh, not not really much of a surprise. Obviously, Georgia won, Ohio State two, Michigan three, TCU four, LSU five. That was the yes, uh, that, 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 that's the big that's the big one. Uh, uh, USC six, Alabama seven, Clemson eight. So, and I think the Clemson Alabama Clemson is not going to matter because if there's chaos and Cle- I think Clemson will still get in. It doesn't matter if they're behind Alabama. But yeah, th- I think this should, this ranking showed that. Uh, this ranking showed that uh, that LSU, if they went out, they're going to get to the college football playoff. <coughs> I don't think so. Really? No, I don't think so. If USC, I think USC could pass them with two losses. I think it's very possible. But this also showed the committee that a win against Alabama, you know, negates anything, you know, negates a 27-point loss at home to Tennessee. Which I know Tennessee's good, but come on now. Like they 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 being Alabama is above any pedestal that, that you could have. And you know, USC should be number five. Yeah, I, I disagree. I think you know, if if they if they win the SEC LSU, they're gonna get in. SEC is the best conference in college football. I think if they win it, they get in. I think the committee showed that last night. I really do do. Because I think if it's if it comes down to to LSU and USC, I think they're gonna take LSU with as a two loss team. 
I the pride. So if they if they do beat Georgia, you know, and they, you know they look because the problem right now with I have LSU is they're just too erratic. Like what team are you going to get? They looked horrible against Arkansas with their backup quarterback. You know they looked really good to UAB last week, but they lost by twenty seven at home to Tennessee. I know Tennessee's good, but you lost to Florida State. Like it, they just haven't looked like. I just there hasn't been too much consistency with LSU. They've won their games, but they haven't looked good in in a lot of them. And that's where I'm like, you know, it's it'd be one thing if they're blowing everybody because usually when a team gets blown out, you're they're done. It doesn't matter. You know, they're you know you, you don't really hear about them again. But for whatever reason, yeah, it's it's really either it's they're they're going to make history one way or the other. It's gonna it's gonna make history if, if with L, if LSU if LSU. Does doesn't get in as a two loss team at the first time, a two a, an SEC champion an SEC champion didn't get in, or it'd be the first time a two loss team uh, a two loss team got in. Yeah, yeah, it would be. I wouldn't be shocked, but I would think you'd have to take you know you would probably have to take USC. I mean, they got one loss. Like if there's a one loss team out there over above a two, I know they really really love their conference championships, but. They got blown out. I know, like, you know, Ole Miss right now is, a, is you know, Ole Miss is um, way back there in the standings now. I know they have the Alabama win. I know Florida State helps as well as now. They're up to number 16. I know they do have some good wins. I just can't get out of that blowout loss out of my mind because usually that hurts teams a lot more than usually whoever you beat. That's where my That's where I have the problem with here. You don't like that blowout loss to Tennessee. But I just no. think – I just think there's no way they, they don't keep an SEC champion in. But there's a very, very – I mean, there's a very slim chance that LSU is going to be in that mm-hmm. situation because they're probably going to lose to Georgia. Yeah, more than likely. I, I think that yeah, the way they're built, I think Georgia is going to uh, – yeah, I, it's going to be a very rough day for uh, Jaden Daniels and that, that offense. They're not going to do much at all. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Now – what we're gonna do is is we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna kind of you know come up with a couple scenarios about we'll say we'll, we'll first do Michigan. Say Michigan loses to Ohio State, uh, would they get in if LSU say LSU wins the uh, wins the SEC? Would you take a one loss Michigan over uh, LSU who wins the SEC if it became if it became, if it came down to those two teams? Because they would get the championship. Because I know I was just kind of saying I wouldn't want to have a two loss team in there that blowout. It's and they win, you know. I will because I, you know, so for me, I would, I, you know, I would have to go with those. I know I kind of just said I wouldn't, but because Michigan doesn't have that conference championship win in the and their schedule is ridiculous, their non conference schedule is terrible, even though you kind of helped it a little bit. It's helping a little bit, that's their best win, yeah. Yeah, It's the worst, it was the worst in the country. So, what I would, you know, I'd have to get LSU, even though whatever thing I just kind of said, a little bit backtracks it, but. I can't see Michigan because their best win is Penn State, but they're another one. They didn't look great against Illinois, but yeah, like again, they blew their chance too. They had UCLA on the schedule, and for whatever reason, they ended up trying to buy. They bought them out. That you know, maybe, but yeah, that 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 schedule, it's, it just wasn't great. It's not great. Would you take Michigan over a over USC if USC wins the Pac-12? Say Michigan loses to Ohio State, and if USC wins the Pac-12, would you take? Michigan, if it, if it came down to those two teams, I'd go USC. They got the championship. Um, they would just have to beat North. You know, they would have just beaten North A two um, for a non-conference win. And so, you know, I know that's a annual rivalry, but you know, they still played somebody, and they were able to get the win. They got the championship. 
as well, which the committee usually does. Um, it, you know, that's a big criteria for them. So I know their defense stinks. Like it, it is putrid, but I think they get over Michigan, you know, because it would be they beat a UCLA team last week. You get Notre Dame this week. Then you might get an Oregon team right now that's in the top 10. So you get three straight, you know, top 25 wins. And then your one loss at Utah was by one point on a two-point conversion. So I, it'd be very tough to leave UCLA, USC out. Oh, I would definitely take USC as a Pac-12 champ over a one-loss Michigan. Now, this is where it gets interesting. A one-loss Michigan team over a TCU team that wins the Big 12. So that would mean a one-loss TCU team that wins the Big 12. So that would mean TCU would get upset to Iowa State and then win the Big 12. I'm going Michigan there. I'm on TCU. Because you're not a Big 10 guy this year. No, the kind of, outside of Penn State and Ohio State with Michigan there, that the conference stinks. It's horrible. I, I it's it's putrid. I you know that I said it last week. They have to get rid of divisions because that 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 pack the Big Ten West is absolutely destroying that conference. Um, but for TCU, they got this conference championship. I know Iowa State's four and seven, but six or seven games they lost by a possession. Like this is a team that could very well be it's a couple of those go their way like eight and three something like that you know so and they would beat kansas state for the second time as well i know there's not a ton, ton of top 25 teams in the big 12 but you know there, there's a lot of teams i think if they expand this thing like 35 for whatever reason there'd probably be like three or four you know maybe five you know three or four big 12 teams in that range so i think for tcu I think they find their way in. I know they're not kind of isn't great either, but they got an SMU U team in there. So, um, and it was funny. Paul Feinbaum was making fun of their um, non-conference last week after half the SEC played FCS opponents. But exactly, exactly, exactly. You see these F- you see these SEC schools play. You see Texas A and M playing UMass. You see <laughs> they still Alabama play. playing Austin P. Even LSU. I know it wasn't, it wasn't a, a layup, but they played UAB. Yeah, yeah they, 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 the SEC's definitely got to get to that ninth conference game. And uh, the other one is a one-loss Michigan team over a TCU team. Or, 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 oh, no, I think we got that one. Now it's a one-loss Michigan team over a Clemson team that wins the ACC. I think you're definitely taking a one-loss Michigan team there. Same chaos ensues. Yeah. I think you're taking a one-loss Michigan team there as an at-large over an AC, over Clemson who wins the ACC. And it comes down to those two. Yeah, it would ha- yeah I, I agree. Because, again, already, I mean, for Clemson – They've, they've been another one that's been very up and down at times. They've been very erratic. You know, I know they look great against Miami, but I think Miami quit on the season. North Carolina, again, it, it kills Clemson. North Carolina blew a 17-0 lead last week. It, it really does because that could have been, you know, maybe right around a top 10 win for them. They'd be right around there, top 15. So I think I'd go Michigan. Again, I you know, think you're kind of seeing it. You know, Alabama's still in front of a one-loss team. I, I think unless they have chaos – Really, it's something really chaotic happens. Yeah, I, I think Michigan's gonna get over Clemson. So let's now assume Ohio State loses to Michigan, and so this scenario is Ohio State over an LSU team that wins the SEC. I think you're taking LSU because they won the conference SEC champ. I think I, I'm going with. L- I think they take LSU. I think they go Ohio State brand wise. They did have the nice win against Notre Dame. I know it's you know Notre Dame's starting to play a lot better. Um, I know Ohio State doesn't have a ton of wins either, um, but I think because of the brand recognition of Ohio State, Ohio State, they'd sneak them in there. In Ohio State, this is this is gonna be a very interesting one, probably the toughest one for me. Ohio, the one loss Ohio State team, it doesn't doesn't win the Big Ten, 
against a USC team that wins the Pac-12. This is a really tough one, but I think they go Ohio State. I think they they go Ohio State there. Yeah, it was a tough... Because of USC's non-conference schedule, I think they go Ohio State. Yeah, Yeah, but they, you know, and I think it depends, too, of how USC looks this weekend, too, because it's a common opponent, you know, with Notre Dame. I know we, it's even though... It's tough to say week one now to week, you know, 14 or whatever, because, again, everybody gets better on that. But I, I think that'd be huge of how USC looks this week against um, Notre Dame would be a huge one. I'm right there with the con- – I, you know, but, yeah, with the con- – because the thing is, yeah, LSU still has two losses for me, and that's why. But, yeah, USC with one loss, I think they'd put them in there. You know, I, I, I think they would, especially Ohio State doesn't look great again. If yeah, especially if Ohio State lose by two scores, and absolutely USC um would, would would um I think jump Ohio State there. So here's another one: one loss Ohio State team over a TCU team that wins the Big Twelve but loses to Iowa State this week. I think that's obvious. Ohio State. Yeah, I think they go Ohio State as well. I don't. I think they're looking for any reason to kick out TCU. I, you know, if I, they're, they're not big TCU fans, you know, the commit for whatever reason they're like, they're, they're like, they're kind of like last year's Cincinnati feel like a little bit. Yeah. I know they're in the big 12, but it's like a team that I don't think the committee wants to put in there, but they're kind of forced cause they still are undefeated at the moment. So yeah, I, I, I could, I could totally uh, see that happening. And now these are two are pretty obvious. One loss Ohio state over a TCU team that doesn't win. The Pac-12, I think that's obvious, Ohio State. And then one loss, Ohio State over Clemson. That wins the ACC. I think both those are obvious, Ohio State. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. Yeah, Ohio State. They're not big fans of Clemson. to still put them behind a two-loss Alabama I team. know. That has no chance to go to the college football playoff. No. And again, if Ole Miss lose this weekend, they'd have no wins against a team in the top 25 right now. All right? Yeah, they wouldn't. So, you know, that's kind of what they're telling you about Clemson. They're not big fans of them. Yeah, it take a lot to happen, so I completely agree with you. All right, now we got to get to the big game in Columbus this week between Ohio State and Michigan. I mean, both teams coming in undefeated. And the first question I think we're, we're going to ask is, what does Michigan have to do to win the game? It's pretty obvious. Just like they did last year, they got to run the football. Blake Corum has got to go for 100 yards to make life easy on JJ on JJ McCarthy in this game. And, and if he doesn't, it's going to be very very hard for Michigan to, to win this game. But the number one the number one thing is is run the ball and contain Ohio state's running game. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. It's got, they got to play bully ball again. Blake Corm did leave last week in the first half. He said he's going to be good to go, but it, you know, it's a knee injury. Like it's, that's always something that's concerning. And they were without as well, their second string in Donovan Edwards. And they had 60 rushing yards in the second half and McCarthy didn't look good. McCarthy's not, he's more of an athlete than Cade McNamara, but you know, he's not a great passer. And, yeah, if they can't get a running game going, Ohio State's going to uh, feed off McCarthy, and I think it's going to be very tough for Michigan. So they need both Edwards and, and Blake Corn to be 100% on Saturday. Absolutely. So what does Ohio State have to do to win the game? I think they got to stop Blake Corum, run the ball with Mylon Williams and uh, Travion Henderson, and then C.J. Stroud's got to throw a couple touchdown passes. I think that's their their key to winning this game. Yeah, you know, but Ohio State's offense, like I don't think they've even hit their ceiling yet. And I know – Cause it's like Jackson Smith and Nigba, um, you know, they've, they've kind of said all year, like he's like 80%, but they don't want to push it. With, they don't want to risk, you know, a further injury and kind of ruin his kind of pro career. Cause they have so many other, other weapons. They kind of afford to do that for him. But if he can play at all, I would assume he plays this weekend or at least gives it a shot. 
but yeah, for also for Ohio State, that defensive line, you know, you know, Jack Story's had a really good year um, at the defensive end spot. Like, I think Ohio State's a lot, you know, because we're in Zach Harrison as well. Like, how much more physical is Ohio State this year than they were last year? You know, can they, you know, are they going to, um, you know, are they, could we really haven't seen that? You know, Nordine wasn't great week one. And again, like, we really have not seen it. You know, Ohio State really had to play opponent like this. So it's going to be very interesting. I think it's, it's going to be up front for Ohio State. I guess even in the offensive line, can they kind of, you know, does the defense line Michigan played really well against them last year. So it's up front for Ohio State. Um, they got to hold their own in the trenches to um, win this football game. Yes, absolutely. And now going leading leading us to our prediction for the game. In this game, I don't think this game is going to be as close as, as people think. I think Ohio State's going to win this game. I think they're going to win it by two scores. I think they're just clearly the better team. I think they get the running game going with Williams and Henderson. I think Stroud throws a couple touchdown passes. And I think they contain Blake Corum. And I think that, that leads McCarthy to turn the ball over a couple times. And you said it about Ohio State's defense, a very, very underrated part of this team. Jim Knowles has done a really good job coming there. This is a very underrated part of the team. The biggest reason why... They didn't make the college football playoff last year was their defense. They gave up over 30 points to Anthony Brown in uh, Oregon in week two, and then they gave up over 40 points to uh, to, to Michigan. And in the Rose Bowl, they got – I mean, even though they won, they gave up a ton of points to Utah. So the improvement of this defense has been the key – has been the reason why Ohio State – I mean, I know the offense is great, but that's why Ohio State is a more complete team than they were last year. And I think they win this game 34-20. to 20. And Michigan and, – and realistically, if you look at the schedules – Ohio State did beat Notre Dame early. They did so that would, so they have a better non-conference win than Michigan. And the difference is in the Penn State game, they won at Happy Valley. Michigan won at home. So that's why I think that Ohio State is clearly the better team, and I think they win it thirty-four to twenty. But Justin, can Harbaugh beat the Buckeyes for the second straight year? Yeah, it seems to be difficult. I got. Yeah, I'm with you. I got Ohio State thirty-four to twenty-seven. I just think there's too much talent um, for Michigan to kind of slow down this year. And yeah, I, I think Ohio State. You you said it. You know. Jim Knowles made a big difference. That first play, you know, against the Notre game, they gave up a huge one, huge play. And they, uh, you know, one of their All-American safeties got pulled from that game. He didn't come back in. And, you know, I, I think he really set the tone from there then on, kind of like, you know, the, the stuff that happened last year is not going to fly this year. Um, and they've looked a lot better. I think Stroud and that offense, you know, as I mentioned, I don't think they've hit their full ceiling. They're going to have to this week or get pretty close to it. I think Marvin Harrison and that offense, you know, have a pretty good game. Um, you know, with the running back situation, it's another one that, you know, Byron Williams left last week. Henderson's kind of been banged up too. So I think both of them sound like they're going to give it a go, but it, it is something that, you know, to keep your eye on this week, but I got Ohio State at home. First time they're under both undefeated going in since 06 and, you know, Ohio State won that one 42 to 39. I'll take the Buckeyes again to, uh, get revenge and, you know, get whoever comes out of the West. Oh, yeah, exactly. Who knows? I think it's going to be <laughs> Iowa. It's going to be Iowa because they play in yeah. Nebraska at home, but that, that game's going to, that, that doesn't matter because that game's going to be a complete blowout. Mm. Every year, this has pretty much been the Big Ten championship game. It, yep. I mean, it, it, this game has meant so much every single year. 2016, when it was Michigan, Penn State, and them. And in 2015, it decided who went, and Ohio State won. 2016, it was a big game. 2018, it pretty much decided who went to the Big Ten championship game. Uh, 2000 and uh, 2000. Uh, yeah, 2021 was, was huge last year decided. So really every year since Harbaugh has been there, it's really decided outside of 2016 because Penn State went. This pretty much decided who goes – the winner of this game pretty much goes to the Big Ten Championship game, and it will obviously be no different this year, and I'm just really excited to watch this game. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the best rivalries in college football. To, you know, I think it's the best. I think it's clearly the best. Yeah, it's right there. I'm trying to think you know, what else is there. 
Since I know Harbaugh, Auburn, Auburn. Yeah, well, I want Auburn, but I think right now since Harbaugh has been yeah. there, it's the best. Yeah, no, you're probably right. It, it it's it, it's been an unbelievable rivalry. It's two fan bases that just cannot stand each other for you know 65, 365 days a year. Um, it, it's such an incredible rivalry. It's one game I do. It's on the bucket list to get to. But yeah, you know Harbaugh's done a you know Harbaugh's done a great you know done a really good job of taking over. I know at times it hasn't been good, but you know. It's kind of that style of the offense, but um, they worked last year into Ohio State. It possibly could work again, but yeah, I think Ohio State just got a little bit more too much talent. Um, yeah, he, he's done a great job. Yeah, this is this has meant a lot, and it's I know I've said it a couple of times, but this is why they gotta get rid of divisions. The ACC is gonna do it next year. The Pac-12s got rid of it this year. You gotta get rid of divisions. So maybe that helps out some of the wets and kind of even some things out. And again, we get a rematch of these two teams possibly next week as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's why they definitely have to get rid of divisions. But we got a, we got a couple more rivalry games to talk about. But we, before we talk about that, we are going to hear from our friends at JPEG Financial and Shamrock Home Inspections. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEG's Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. Alrighty, we got um, more games in Rivalry Week, and we'll start with the Battle of South Carolina as South Carolina travels to Clemson. And I think this is a uh, I think this is a really good. I think it's a competitive game. I think Spencer Rattler played well last week against Tennessee, but I do think against Clemson's defense, he's gonna he's gonna struggle a little bit. I think he'll throw up. Uh, I think he'll force the Clemson's deal force a turnover, and I do think Clemson will obviously run the football better, and that's why I think Clemson wins this game and uh, goes to eleven and one. And I think they win it twenty seven to seventeen over. Uh, the Gamecocks, but Justin can uh, Spencer Rattler and Clemson's playoff hopes. Yeah, I don't see it. I got Tiger twenty seventeen. He's not gonna have much time in the pocket this week as he did last week. He was he would uh 
know, he had as much time as he wanted back there. That that won't happen against Brian Breezy and that Clemson front up front. Um, you know, I think they're, they're I think they're going to show to really get a ton going. Hey, Clemson had three turnovers last week. Again, they kind of played as you know, besides like the turnovers, they played as perfect of the games you can. They only allowed ninety eight yards of you know, um, that whole game last week against Miami. So I, I think you know South Carolina's have a tough time. You know South Carolina um, might get this thing close early. If this is Columbia, I'd probably feel a lot more confident in them this week. But DJ Willie Ungdelight plays well enough. I think Will Shipley gets to go on the ground. I think South Carolina keeps it close for half. But just you know, they um, they you know, Rattler's going to struggle to keep up with the team. Got Oregon traveling to Corvallis to face Oregon State with a win. Oregon gets into the Pac-12 championship game. If they lose, it's really confusing to see who who gets in or not. Uh, it, it, it's, it's it's really confusing. Yeah. Would, it, would it be Washington if, if if they lose, if they win? I believe so. Yeah, there's like a million different it's, like ways. I but I think it is Washington because the interesting because Washington and Utah haven't played each other. Yeah, but I believe it would be um, Washington. Yeah, if so I got all those scenarios right. But if Oregon wins, they will go to the Pac-12 title game and play uh, USC. But I think that this is going to be this is going to be a close competitive game, but I think Oregon State pulls the upset. I don't think Bo Nix is 100. He gutted it out last week, and Oregon won. But I think Oregon State finds a way in Corvallis to pull the upset. But Justin, can Bo Nix lead the Ducks to the uh, the Pac-12 championship game? I think they do. I think they find a way to pull this thing out, 27 to 24. Um, yeah, you know, you mentioned Bo Nix was not healthy at all, and again, big part of this game was was the of you know with the way he can run the football and use his legs. And last week, you know, um, offensive coordinator, again, he had him in the pocket. He developed a great game plan for him where he did not have to really scramble much at all. Um, he looked really good. This Beaver team, again, you know, Jonathan Smith, these are all-time leading passer. There. He's done a wonderful job here with this team. You know, their back quarterback, Chance Olin, has been out for most of the year. Um, but I think they struggle, you know, because Oregon – you know, so good at stopping the run. That's what Oregon State wants to do. You know, and I think think Oregon State keeps this thing close. It's gonna be tough. We we know what happened last time in uh, 2020. Uh, you know, Oregon State ruined uh, Oregon's chances to get the playoff that year. I think Oregon um, finds a way to get out of Corvallis with a win, but it will not be easy. I got the beat. I got the Ducks 27-24. We got uh, the Cyclones heading to Fort Worth to face TCU, and I think this game is gonna be a blowout because I don't like Iowa State's offense. I think TCU plays a really good game. I think Max Duggan throws a couple touchdowns. And I think Miller has a pretty good game on the ground. And I think Johnson has a couple receptions. And I got TCU winning this game 31 to 10. But Justin, can Matt Campbell ruin TCU's undefeated season? I think they keep this in close, but I don't think they uh, are able to pull it out. I got TCU 20 to 21. You know, as I mentioned before, Iowa State's got one, you know, six out of seven losses were one by one possession. And the only one that was was Oklahoma and they put up a touchdown late in that game to go up by two scores. So they were in that one most of the time. You know, TC's got to get out to a much faster start. Um, again, last week they found a way to win like they have all year. They just, again, every week they find a new way to win. Um, it's never a bad thing, but at some point they could catch up with you. I think Max Duggan in that offense, Quentin Johnson has a big day. But, yeah, Hunter um, Deckers hasn't been great. And then they just haven't – they've really missed Brees Hall. They really have not had much of a running game at all this year. Um, you know, this is it for Iowa State, so – I could see it's the first time that going to a bowl game since 2016. I could see this team trying, you know, this is it for the seniors and all them. So I could see them trying to, you know, finish this thing and, um, you know, knock off TCU and their hopes. But 
I don't think they – I think TCU is a little bit too talented. They'll find a way to win. LSU travels to College Station to face Texas A&M. I think this is a close game. Just like the Arkansas game was, I think this is a close game. But as LSU has done all year, I think they pulled this one out. I just don't think Texas A&M has enough offense. Their quarterback play is absolutely terrible. And I got LSU – with I got LSU having a chance to get a college football playoff, uh, having a chance to get a spot in the college football playoff against Georgia next week. I got LSU winning to 23-17, but Justin, can Texas A&M ruin LSU's playoff hopes? I don't think so. I think their defense um could keep this thing closer a bit here, but I got the Tigers going to college stage to win this game 24-13. to um, Yeah, Texas A&M, their quarterback, Connor um, Wigman, who's a five-star you know, five freshman, He's looked pretty good so far. Six touchdowns to, to no INT so far, but doesn't sound like Jimbo is going to hire OC this offseason. So, you know, be same old Texas AM. And, you know, the one of the big guys stars last couple weeks been hurt. Um, Harold Perkins Jr. He looks like he's, he's going to be a stud. Um, you know, in a couple of years, be a guy that's going to be running for first round or first overall pick. And he was originally committed to Texas AM and he decommitted a week before signing day and then went to LSU. So, he would really help out that stellar defense they had. So another blow to uh, AM. But yeah, I just, and I wonder too for AM because a couple weeks ago, one of their top wide receivers, um, you know, Moose's Muhammad, you know, he went on Twitter and said he was benched because, you know, he wore the arm sleeves and he, he was benched for that. I, you know, Jimbo never came out and kind of said what it was. So, you know, it just doesn't seem like he's on the same play with his players I'm trying to get at. I just, how much fight does AM team have if they get down early? So I got the Tigers win this one. We got the big matchup in LA at the LA Coliseum as the Notre Dame Fighting Irish face the USC Trojans. Big rivalry game. And uh, I think this game is close early. I really like the way Drew Pine has played Connecticut's own. He's really taken over and he's played really well this year. But he's got to go toe to toe with Caleb Williams. I know Notre Dame's defense is good. But let's be honest, Notre Dame has not seen a quarterback like Caleb Williams since week one when they played against C.J. Stroud. And I think it's going to be a game where Caleb Williams is another huge game, throws uh, two or three touchdown passes. And I got USC staying in the college football playoff race and beating the Irish 31-20. to But, Justin, can Marcus Freeman's team stay hot and ruin and and end USC's playoff hopes? I think it's be difficult. I don't think they have enough. I got the Trojans 34-24. to Um this is the best defense USC is going to face, you know, or have faced, you know, all year. You know, Caleb Williams, he's got a shot for the Heisman, I believe, especially if he goes out there this week and he puts up another 350 and he just goes out there. I, I, I said that last week, too, yeah. when, we watching the game, when I was watching the game. When I was watching the game, I texted you last week. Caleb Williams definitely can win the Heisman. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's right there with Stroud, you know. Again, there's three packs with quarterback with Knicks and, and Penix at – I know they're not going to be in New York, but, you know, they have the numbers, too, to, to, to um, you know, win the Heisman. It's going to be difficult for Notre Dame. Notre Dame special teams have played well with some black punts this year. You know, they, you know, returned one of them, that Clemson game. That's how they're going to have to win it. And then they also cannot turn over the football. You know, USC's forced 33 on the year. You know, they, you know, Notre Dame cannot turn the football over. Pine's got to play well enough. I just, again, they could be built to kind of do what they did against Ohio State where they want to kind of, you know, take 35 seconds off the play clock, run the football, keep it out of Caleb Williams' hands. But right now, I think that could work with how bad USC's defense is. But I think USC makes a stop or two in this one. I just think Notre Dame's going to have a hard time to uh, keep up with them.
You bring up running the football. I think they've definitely ran the football better, especially since week one. I thought that was an issue. Mm-hmm. We, I kept saying in week one, they miss Williams really. They miss Kieran Williams really, really bad. But they've they've been starting to run the football better, and that's definitely the strategy. If you're Notre Dame, you got to run. You got to keep Caleb Williams off the field. Run the football, ball control, and hopefully your defense can win it. But just in this year of college football, it's just going to be hard. It's just hard to win a game running the football and playing defense. And we all know Notre Dame has a ceiling. They have a ceiling. Yeah. That's why Brian Kelly left. I think it's a really good program. But because of the academic standards, they just have they just have a ceiling, and I think that ceiling hurts in a game like this. It hurts in the college football playoff, and it's going to hurt in a game like this when they're facing a talent like Caleb Williams. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It, that's kind of what's bugged them over the years, you know, that too, and they haven't found the quarterback either. That you know, they haven't. You know, I mean, Deshaun Kaiser was probably their best guy. They yeah, had. and then he was a yeah. total bust. The he was absolutely terrible in the He's NFL horrible. because he didn't listen to Brian Kelly, and he should have. No. But yeah, but yeah, he was definitely the best guy they've had. Uh, since Brady Quinn, yeah, since Quinn, and you know, unfortunately, he he didn't turn out too well in the NFL either. So, yeah, it's been tough, you know. Yeah, it's they don't they're not able to get the athletes that you've seen Ohio State get, USC, Alabama, and all those teams on south. And yeah, that's exactly why Kelly left. And again, for Kelly, he's better than uh, Les Miles and Ed Orgeron, and those two won national titles. So, yeah, he's got a great shot to win number to be the uh, next one down at the bayou. So, yeah, it's tough for Nordane, it's it's Definitely their ceiling, and it's 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 tough for them to get another national championship with all the, the academic you know standards that they got there. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we got the battle of Kansas as Kansas State is trying to get a spot into the uh, college football playoff, and I think they do, and I think they do pretty easily. I think it's competitive for a little while, but KU's been falling off since that hot start. Oh, they, I know they surprised everyone this year. That five and zero start, and then the game against TCU. They, I mean, that was a really good game. But since then, they've been falling off. They got crushed last week to Texas. Had no interest in stopping B. John Robinson, who had a humongous day. So uh, I, I got I think Deuce Vaughn has a huge has a huge game in this game. And I got Kansas State winning this one 34-217. But, Justin, can Kansas ruin case uh, – can, can uh, Kansas spoil Kansas State's trip to the Big 12 championship game? Now, I get the Wildcats as well at home, 34-27. to um, 27. I think Kansas keeps this thing close. Jalen Daniels came back last week. He didn't look great. I don't know if he's still – I don't know if he's 100% healthy yet. Kansas hasn't won this game since 08. This is probably one of their best shots with the talent they've had. I know, yeah, it's it's been rough down the stretch here. But Will Howard, the Kansas State quarterback, looked really good since taking over for Adrian Martinez. Um, great dual threat guy. And then, again, you add with Deuce Vaughn in that backfield. Um they're just unbelievable combo, you know, and, and I think, you know, Kansas state does find a way to win this game, but I do think it's close. Um, you know, Kansas state was up 18 against TCU when, you know, both their quarterbacks got hurt and, you know, kind of fell apart to that. So that, that will be a fun one. If Kansas state can get by this week. Absolutely. 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 So lastly, we got the, uh, Apple Cup between Washington and Washington State. And Washington could potentially have a shot to get to the Pac-12 championship game. They're definitely going to need Oregon to beat Oregon State during the day. And 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 some other things happen during the day as well. But in this game, I think this is a close competitive game. And I'm going to go with Michael Penix to win this game. He's He might be the comeback player of the year. If, he, if there was an award comeback player of the year in college football, it's probably him because he's mm-hmm. had a really, really good season for Washington. Led uh, Washington on that, uh, to that upset victory over Oregon uh, a couple weeks ago. And I got Washington winning this one 31-24. But Justin... Can Wazoo win the Apple Cup? No, I know they got it last year, but I don't think they they get it back to back years here. Yeah, Penix has been unbelievable. Um, he's looked like back when he was twenty twenty there with Indiana, just had an outstanding year. And uh, yeah, I just think right now Washington State's pass defense is ninety seventh in the country. That's not going to get it done. Um, 
I, Washington just got too much explosiveness for Washington State. They'll keep this thing close. Cameron Ward, he's he's a guy that's got a big arm, and I think they they make some plays against that Washington secondary. But I'll take uh, Michael Panix against Cam Ward and the Huskies. Uh, get back the Apple Cup. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Should be a very, very interesting week of college football. You got a great game at noon, and then you got a great game at seven thirty. So it should be a very, very fun and interesting week of college football. But we got to wrap up the show talking about a little bit of World Cup soccer in the U.S. Started the World Cup, opened the World Cup on Monday, tying Wales one-one. A little bit disappointing result there. I think I think they they were favored to win that game, and they didn't. England was dominant against Iran, and they play on Friday in in the World Cup. Interesting game, but I just think England is the better team. I think they win this game you know, by a couple goals, either like 2 nothing or 3-1. to one. I, th- I, th- I think that England wins this game. I think the big, biggest thing for you, the U.S. is they got to they gotta play – it's really – they got to play England better than Wales does, and they got to play Iran better. They got to beat Iran and, and then beat Iran by more than Wales does. The goal differ- – it's going to come down to the – really, for them to advance, it's going to come down to the goal differential between the, uh, the U.S. and uh, Wales. Yeah, you know, for, yeah, you know, U.S., yeah, I told, like, first game, they just, they were aggressive at falling in the first half, and the second half, they kind of sat back on their heels, and it kind of cost them, um, and, and, yeah, against England on Friday, they, they're not going to be able to do that, because, yeah, England's um, pretty explosive. I don't remember who the captain, their captain's name is, but I know he's getting his ankle checked out, and it sounds like he's going to play, but maybe that's something that helps the U.S., but, yeah, they're they're going to have to, uh, they're going to have to, you know, beat Iran by a couple goals there, Um more than Wales, they know that that could be tough, but um, you know, definitely still have a shot. I know it's a young team, so um, you know, part of it could be you know, you know, especially now after the way they they got a draw there, you know, they kind of just go out play freely. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, they got to play free. They got to yeah, okay, play freely, not play not to lose. I think I think especially against England because no one's expecting him to play England. So I think you play freely, and if you can win the game, I think you're definitely you're you're absolutely advancing to the next round. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, because they they should beat Iran. They they should be comfortable there, and that that will give them enough. Absolutely, will give them enough points. So, yeah, they could somehow pull off an upset, or at least even just get another draw would you know w- would help too. But yeah, it you know England and I know is one of the better you know teams in the in, in the world. So yeah, it's gonna be a difficult one for the for the U.S. But yeah, they they got to play for really just kind of stay aggressive. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And the biggest story of the World Cup was Argentina losing to, losing to Saudi Arabia yesterday. Argentina might have been one of the best players in the world, and Lena and Lena Messi, uh, they lose to Saudi Arabia two to one, and it, it could be very tough for them to get to. I think it's, it's going to be tough for them to get there, but I still think they're going to get out of group play because I think they'll they'll probably beat Port, uh, Poland, and there's a good chance they beat there's a, there's a good chance they beat Mexico, and I think there's a chance Saudi Arabia could lose their next two games. So I could very easily still see Argentina getting out of group play. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, because I know you know Mexico and Poland are two teams. Aren't Argentina should be is that they're one of the best countries out there. Um, and and yeah, Saudi Arabia I know is a one of the heavy fa- or underdogs in this tournament. So yeah, I, I could see one of those. You know, Argentina is still finding a way to get out of there. They still have a lot of really good talent, but um, it'll be difficult. But it's definitely two teams pulling Mexico that they do. You know. They are they you know they should be the favorite and they should be able to um find a way to get a couple points there. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So how much of the World Cup you've been watching? Are you a, how, what, are you a big soccer guy or I'm moderate? Not I'll really. watch the World Cup. I'll, I'll watch I watch some of, of the U.S. game. Yeah, it, it's tough yeah. too with Feast Week on. You know, it's like my yeah, favorite nine. Yeah, yeah, you, you got you got Feast week, week, you got Championship Week in college yeah. football. It's like the biggest week for you. 
Yeah, this is huge. Yeah, this, this week and then yeah, like until March, and it's just yeah. So for me, it's it's tough. It's not the most ideal time for me, but I, I did tune in to watch some of the um, the, I did see, I did catch some of the U.S. games. So, uh, yeah, I, I'll mostly just watch the U.S. and probably not much else. Me, I'll probably watch the U.S. and I'll probably watch you know the the, the, the you know the elimination games, but but definitely definitely mostly the U.S. Yeah, mostly. Yeah, I'll probably watch some of the yeah when it gets to the knockout stages and all that. I'll probably watch a little bit more. But yeah, this is yeah. Um, right now, just kind of mostly just the U.S. I'll tune it on for a few minutes. But yeah, that's about it. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. So that is going to wrap it up on Sports Talk with RJ. Uh, for Justin Afrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talking week to thirteen of the NFL season, uh, week uh, championship week in the and in, in, in college football, and a little bit more World Cups, a little bit more. World Cup soccer. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. Jones on first down, wide open. It's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is his availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Finch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not, they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the race, and the race do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Beak, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.